Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because you know what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. It's all the same stuff. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. My latest with the uh, gothic suspense fantasy speculative fiction author Tanana Reeve Dew. That's up there. Great conversation about her first novel. I uh, can go find it at uh, all that, plus all the articles and all the other good stuff at authormagazine.org. And we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association who have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. Uh, we've got a big conference coming up in just a week, I think, or so. And uh, maybe there's still time to sign up. I'm not sure. But, you know, don't worry. There'll always be another one. And I encourage you to join the PNWA and and um, you can attend their monthly meetings virtually uh, as well as their conferences. So check it out, pnwa.org. Um, all right. Well, uh, not much going on with me uh, at the moment, but uh, oh, I had a great conversation with today's guest. He's, I've interviewed him so many times, but it just goes to show you it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's always something new to talk about. It's Kevin O'Brien, the nicest, scary guy in all the world. Kevin is... Uh, well, before his thrillers landed him on the USA Today and New York Times bestseller lists, Kevin O'Brien was a railroad inspector. It's true. The author of 21 internationally published thrillers, he won the Spotted Owl Award for Best Pacific Northwest Mystery. His work has been translated into over a dozen languages. Press and Guide said, if Alfred Hitchcock were alive today and writing novels, his name would be Kevin O'Brien. Kevin's latest nail-biter is The Night She Disappeared. And uh, he is one of 13 best-selling award-winning thriller authors contributing to the anthology Nothing Good Happens After Midnight, edited by Jeffrey Deaver. And, well, like I said, we had a great conversation. And, uh, and now I get to share it with you. Enjoy. Kevin, Kevin, welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Um, I was thinking about this. I think I have interviewed you as much as any. Can you believe this is true? I think as much as Andre Abuse and Deb Coletti, who are like my two most. I think I've talked to you. <laughs> I can't think how many times. It's Maybe been a lot. At least four or five times. Yeah. Uh, it's good to have, have you back, my friend. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, it is so it's an honor to be here. Well, it's good. You know, I love talking to you. You know, my joke about you, my joke, my standard <laughs> joke, it's getting old, is that you're the nicest, scary guy in publishing. <laughs> uh, but on that note, um, you, though, I was, I keep up on things. I see that you and Garth Stein. Yes. Uh, did a little thing to promote this book. Yeah, it was, it was, it was for that purpose. Yeah. Yeah, it was for the uh, book. And by oh, the way, promote what? What's the name of the book? The book is called The Night She Disappeared. And, and it's a coming of age romance? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's sir. Feel good story. Yeah. Of, no, it's not. Of murder and mayhem on yeah. Lake Union. Oh, it's in Seattle also. Okay, good. It is in Seattle, like all my other books. Good. That's uh, good. You know what? Good. 
Don't do any research. Just stick it right here. You don't need it. You can kill someone anywhere. It doesn't matter where. Well, you you just said the keywords. I I uh, my next book is going to be a World War II thriller. What? Uh, at the on you, the home front. Are you serious? I am doing all this research, and it's like it's actually quite fun to do oh, all the research. Oh, good. You know, I I do research. Uh, you know, look, I look up. You know, some police procedure. I look up this and that. If you know, if somebody's a doctor, I need to know some basic sure, things. Sure. Sure. Uh, but you know, I don't have to do as much research. I think as most people, because nope. I have I have amateur sleuths, so they don't really know what they're doing, and right. I have. Um, my most of my settings are Seattle. So, yeah. uh, so this time it's a real, it's a real shock to be doing research, but I love it. It's a lot of fun. I can't believe you're, I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you're, you're, you're so you're writing a, a historical thing. I'm shaking it up. I'm shaking it up. It's like a Does your publisher that, know this is what you're doing. Yes. They actually, it's so funny about, about 10 years ago, I had this idea. I can tell you. Yeah, it's, uh, tell it's, it's just okay. between you and me. It's just between <laughs> you and me. It's um, it's a serial killer is going after Rosie the Riveters, and he's oh, in, during the war, and it's sort yeah. of like almost like a. It's very similar to sort of how Ted Bundy went after yeah. women during women's liberation. He's very. Oh, I see. So this was your inspiration yeah. for that. So, so it's it's yeah. He's threatened by women in the workplace, women in power, women who are heroes. And oh, so I like it. Yeah, he's so. He's, and, it's, and it's kind of topical. It's topical at the right? same time. I get to go back to World War II, which I'm. I love stories about the home front during World War II and all yeah. the sacrifices people made and everything else. So this is a lot of fun doing the research. And I kind of got a taste of that with um, my book, Unspeakable, had a flashback to the Seattle World's Fair. So I did a oh, lot of research. Which about was the 60s? The 1962, yeah, 62, 1962. Okay. So I had to, I had to figure out what the, you know, the main, the, what the great TV shows were, what everything, I, you know, what people were doing back in 62. And I had a ball. So it's so fun to be doing research. So uh, that's- Ah, but you know, I was thinking about you and one of the things I know about you just from just from following you on, I know a little bit about your first novel, mm -hmm. uh, which was which no one, maybe someone died in it. I don't think <laughs> did. But I know that you have a love of um, uh, classic golden era film. Yeah, yes. of yes. old celebrities Turner and movie classics and yes. all that jazz. Yeah, and, and but although it seems that you're kind of in love with like fifty two. Up. You don't tend to go pre, you don't tend to go, you know, pre-war. It's all post-war, but oh, so, this does so, in the vicinity of your love of that, of, a, of you, old time. You just, you just like sort of nailed the exact year. It's hysterical <laughs> that I, it's my cutoff year. It's like, I'm not kidding you. I was like, you yeah. know, I can tell you practically everything from 1953 on. I'm like, okay, what won the Academy Award in 1953? Really? I'm here to eternity. Then really? On the waterfront, Marty, I could go through the whole list, but, um, you know, before 1952, it's a little foggy. Um, so yeah. it is, it's kind of interesting to go even further back than that. So, yeah, but I, I'm I'm a big movie fan and Hitchcock, especially, you know. So. Oh, really? So, oh, interesting. Yes. Uh, did you so and I know that you worked in a in a to sort of keep your sanity and I suppose for income, but I suspect it was just to keep your feet on the ground. You worked for a while at a movie rental place yeah yes. for, I mean, like that was your have, day job to explain to our younger audience what yeah what the was. hell that is yeah, i know it's <laughs> like it netflix means. but you walk into a place 
<laughs> yeah, it's a be kind, rewind. Remember that? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. it goes way back. Um, yeah, I, in fact, I started working there. I, I had a railroad job back in. Um, right, I, right. Yeah, yeah I started, when I, I think out, railroad men, I think Kevin O'Brien. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Where's the heart? <laughs> totally. You can see me in my hard hat, can't yeah. you? Looking more like one of the village people than yes, a railroad right. employee. <laughs> But yeah, I worked for the railroads from 1980 through 1997. And what got me, I was able to quit because I, uh, well, I, I saw that my head on the chopping block, I knew they were going to try and uh, get me into a different division. And I had this, I was working for um, the way it was set up. I was sort of independent. I was yeah. on my own. My boss was in uh, Washington, DC. And, and I, I, knew that they were going to change things around. So I was able to get out because I had sold a book to the movies. Um, I had sold wow. only son to the movies for a nice chunk of change. And right. um, I also had a reader's digest deal with them. And, and it's uh, funny because, you know, the first time I, I published my first book in 1986 and I met Terry Brooks and Terry. Oh yeah. Terry told me, he said, you know, don't quit your don't quit your railroad job until you have at least enough to live on for a couple of years. So I yeah, yeah. he I, he really is was all about the practicals because he was a lawyer, of course. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he was he was so helpful. I mean, he and Judine, his wife, took me under their wings. Right, and, he's, uh, he's such a nice guy. It was such a full circle moment for me when I interviewed him because I was I kind of was introduced to literature books really as a passion through fantasy literature because i read lord of the rings oh, wow. in the 70s and i played a lot of dungeons and dragons and one of the first books i read after lord of the rings was sword of shannara oh and, wow i mean it was one of the first books and i devoured it and i realized this when i booked the interview with him which wasn't that long ago, i was like wow like, <laughs> this guy's still doing it and like this wow. was one of the things that brought me into this world was one of the stories he wrote and oh, like, that's so cool. Doing it. Yeah. And yeah. he's such a foot feet on the ground. Well, all right. So that's interesting. There's one thing yeah. I want to talk to you about, which is that Garth interviewed you for your book. Yes. Um, and so and vice versa. Know, what's that? And vice versa. I was I was interviewing him about the Cloven. Oh, his, his new his that, which is kind of like novel. a young adult thing. Yeah. Right? A graphic novel. Graphic yeah. novel. OK, so this is interesting. So those, you know, Garth Stein wrote Art of Racing the Rain is what he's best known for. Sort of, I guess, sort of literary ish fiction. I guess he's in that. And one of the things I find interesting about the writing community, which of course I am rather immersed in, huge uh, part of it, huge I'm part. A, oh yeah, and I and I do love it. I, and one of the things, I, so you were a part of the Seattle Seven, which grew yes. out of, which was a group of writers that I believe started with as a as a, a critique group, right? Well, no, actually, it was a wine and wine. They would get together, oh, and okay. drink wine, and wine about their book sales. Oh, that's right. And, okay. and and then they said, let's do some good. But weren't uh, you in a critique group with Garth? I am in a critique group with Garth. Still are. I, I wasn't, a still am. I just read, uh, or he just read part of the outline for my World War II thing. Uh, he, uh, he had enlisted me in this group uh, of wine and winers, which was uh, about seven people, and uh, including Maria Semple, Jenny Shortridge, right. yep, yep. Uh, Erica Baumeister, yep. Joe Costella, yep. Mary Gooderson, Kit Baki. Yep, I'm yep. missing somebody, Barty. Um, somebody else. Uh, but anyway, he was with this, this group. And then as, as their numbers grew, he said, Kevin, would you like to join us? I was like, sure. So yeah. And so what I like about that is even though a lot of them were kind of from the literary field, that particular group's yes. kind of that, but really run the among the writing community, it's like it there's a lot, there's such kinship, even if you are writing very different stuff. Yes. You yes. know, it, it really doesn't 
because when you get down to it, the blank page is just as blank for you as it is for Garth, as it is for me. As oh, it is yes. For anyone, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you see everybody's, you know, OK, here I'll tell you a story, which I'm not sure if Erica Baumeister would like me telling it or not. Tell it. I'm telling it. We were at uh, the barn, the Bainbridge Island. uh, Oh, yeah. I've taught there a bunch of times. Oh, cool. And we were doing a gig for them and um, we were comparing our latest books and hers was The Scent Keeper and mine was The Betrayed Wife. And we were both saying how like sales were just not doing very well lately. And she she was and she was saying, oh, God, you know, I don't know what, you know, let's see what happens. The trend is just, you know, not to. And about three weeks later, four weeks later. Um, Reese Witherspoon yeah, picked the yeah, scent keeper yeah, as her, yeah. her book club pick, and I was like, okay, well, Eric doesn't have to, Erica doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. And uh, and then she had a great follow up book, the the house, um, the house. Yeah, I know, I blurbed that book for her. Oh, did you? Cool. Yeah, yeah, oh my god, yeah, it was Actually, a fun I, book. You'd think I'd look at the back cover and see well, it's hands. okay. It's I'm right. such a jerk. <laughs> we should have noticed. Um, so yeah, she, I, so, and so you were talking about the similarities that you're here. You have written these very different kinds of books, yes. the same challenges. The and same you, yeah. You go through the same path or wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, you go through the same journey. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> is, mean, it is, is though. Journey is the new overused word though. Don't you think? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I know it is, it's a cliche, but the, but I think it is such it's true, an appropriate though. because yeah. every book I look upon every book as its own little journey, because you start. And I know yeah. you outline like crazy. I know that's mm-hmm. your, yes. but, but really what you're doing is your, it, when I've heard you describe it, and I think it's like, 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 it's like 30 or 40 pages of outline. Am I, am I remembering correctly? Uh, guess the new outline is a hundred, so far is a hundred so, and seven pages right now. All right. So this yeah. is, aren't you, cause I've known other people who outline like this kind of what you're doing is actually beginning to write the book. Aren't you yes, really? Yes. Yeah. Aren't you, I mean, in just this other way. Yeah. It's just, it's just what I do is I try and make it as entertaining as possible for my editor so that when he reads it, he's like, Oh, this is great. And he maybe can talk it up to the marketing people and everything right. else. Even before so you it, write it. It reads like, yeah, it reads like a uh, Reader's Digest uh, version of my, the book I'm going to write. And so like what we used to call a treatment in, in for yes, Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Right. And the great thing about this is that it, um, he, d- there's no surprises. So when he gets the actual book, there may be a few plot twists or new things I add to it that I sort of can improve on what I've done, but he knows what he's getting so that when he gets the book, he doesn't come back and go, well, wait a minute. I Does he even remember? Yeah. Here's the thing. Does he remember? <laughs> because I submitted outline for my books. I have to, you know, that's part of the, I write non oh, yeah. so there's yeah. proposals, so you have to do the- Those chapter. are all proposal, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I have, including a chapter by chapter breakdown. Yeah. And I do that and I'm like, well, we'll just see what happens when I ask. <laughs> <laughs> and they never remember. I, you know, I think you're right. I, Cause I, 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 remember. I have encountered it a few times with my editor going, I forgot that you were going to do this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And, but, but it, you know, for the most part he does, he, it, there's, there's no real shock to uh, what he's reading. And so uh, my, my, notes from him are always just like about half a paragraph it's like i can make the change my editorial changes in like two hours as opposed for to the some, whole book for the whole book as opposed wow. to my friends who this is you know and like yeah, like yeah. you say this is one of the fun things about being 
knowing all these other authors is you know the stories you oh know, yeah you know you know that oh yeah you know at the last minute the editor said you know what if your hero was a heroine instead you know, <laughs> and, and, you know okay yeah then I'll, that's only going to take about half a year to make the changes but uh you know in my case it would be it's like he'll say you know oh on page 79 when she lets the killer inside the house, you need to come up with something else. Another excuse right. for him to get right. inside the place, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's easy enough. I can, I can, you know, add two right. lines, you know, and it's, it's amazing. So, so you really have it like, so, so you do all this pre-writing. Yeah. And, and so, and then you, and, and I guess my question to you is how does it keep stay interesting for you at that? I guess, because, because you've done, because for me, and, and this is yeah. minus for me, I've, if I'm not discovering something, I get so bored and I get so restless. Like, and I, and you know, and, and I'm like you in a certain way. And then I sort of, I have a theme I'm writing about all the time, which is sort of creativity and spirituality. And, and it always yeah. comes down to that. And I can start saying, have I told that story? Have I, have I done that before? And so I am, I have to be wary of repeating myself and I have to be discovering something or I get bored. So how do you stay interested if you've already sort of discovered so much about the book? before you sit down and say chapter one? That's a great question. Well, you know, I, I have the same, the same problems. I, I'll, I'll like, I, I'll keep thinking, did I, did I kill this person the same way? You know, <laughs> That's right. minute, I yes. did this, I yeah. did this seven books ago. I had <laughs> yeah. somebody killed in a basement with a cleaver or whatever, you right, know, I'll, right, I'll right. be like, Oh, wait a minute. That whole idea is shot to hell. Um, so it is, it's what keeps it fresh for me, I guess is, um, it's it's this idea of um, sort of almost like well when you're looking at a map before you go I, I you know for the railroads I used to go to all these places I had no idea where the hell I was going to go I right. was like okay I have to go to this this train station in some no GPS time. yes and no <laughs> GPS this was right. way back. and so you'd look at the map and you'd sort of I'd sort of get an idea okay this is where I'm going to go in case I get lost I'll look for the railroad tracks and just follow them <laughs> until I get to a station right. and um. I, this is almost sort of like that. I, I I have it all mapped out, so I know where I'm going, and yet at the same time, the journey does the journey. There I go again. The journey does give me, uh, you know, a few surprises. That and, I see. So and you it's got so, a map to where you're going, but right. you're going to find out what's exactly there when you get there. Right. Right. Okay. And so you know, that's interesting enough. Yeah. And sometimes I look at the outline, and it's like you say, they either don't read them or they don't remember them, yeah. and I'll be like. Well, wait a minute. That makes no sense. What did I think I was doing yeah, here? Yeah, but you know, but yeah, the also wouldn't do this. You know, but also you know your characters better and stuff. You know, you don't. I mean, one. I always say, like, I write a lot of short pieces, and you know, I and I make sure I don't think I know what they're about before I write them because I always want to discover. But usually, one sentence can come along, and I go, "Oh, oh yes, I see." Yeah. Now, for me, I'm learning like what am I actually interested in. But for sure, you a character could say or do something that just is so true and so. Right. like I, I can't not follow that now I know it probably doesn't take you on yeah you don't very want to get but it must change it a little bit when that happens yes it does see I, I think one of the things the lessons I learned was um my first thriller was the next to die and when I okay. I had written two books first uh, first was actors back in 1986 and then only son which is the one that caught me some some money and I actually was able to like I say quit my railroad job and uh, right. write full time and um and I my ad my agent at the time said why don't you try your hand at a thriller because that's a genre and um they sell much better thrillers are easier for us to sell you don't have to 
you know, literary right. fiction is a tough, tough one to sell to people. So I tried my hand at a thriller with the next to die. And it, I just wrote it like I'd written the first two literary books and, um, and had to rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it. And I was like, you know what, next time before I do this, I am going to know where I'm going with this book. And I am not going to have these sort of these surprise characters pop up and um, take me off on a tangent someplace else. Well, it's so much more plot driven. I mean, I know, I know, I know thriller writers, I know mystery writers who don't know who did it. Like they put a body down and they just start writing. I can't believe that they don't know who did it. Yeah. Yeah. But it but but it's so but the but the genres that suspense and mystery in particular are so plot driven that yes. I can understand the desire to say, well, what is the plot? What like, is what, the plot? What is the Where, plot? What is the twist? I have to figure to it out at some point. Yeah, because you know, with my outlines, I end up I don't I, I'm really reluctant to print them up because it's like, you know, you're gonna have to reprint the first. 70 pages anyway because right. you're going to have to plant little things early yeah. so that things make sense at the end yeah and it, it's yeah it's 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 a fun it's a fun puzzle <laughs> as long as you're having fun you got to keep having fun kevin yes I, I i i have looked at i've looked at my life and i've understood all I've ever wanted to do is have fun. Yes, I wanted to have money <laughs> and I've wanted success. Money and fun. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, but the thing is, the truth is, the money's no good to me unless I'm having fun with it. Yes. Frankly, yes. you know, yeah. I really, I just want to enjoy myself. I've, I've yeah. had a lot, of, a lot of other ambitions that were ersatz, quite frankly. It was all just a way to have fun. But if I can <laughs> let fun be the guiding principle, it usually doesn't steer me wrong. I don't know if that's true for you, but yeah. certainly, I mean, we're trying to, give our readers something that they will enjoy, hopefully. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's the goal, right? Well, you know, and it, it, it's kind of like what you're saying. I, you, the fun is discovering different things as you go along. I, for, for the night she disappeared, I actually had a whole subplot in my outline that about a serial killer. And, um, you know, my editor was a little lukewarm on it. And he was like, I don't know about the serial killer thing. And then, so about, 200 pages into the actual writing i'm like do i really want to put this serial killer thing in there it was sort of a big red herring and i i dropped it and i was like okay now what am i going to do with the ending because the serial killer showed up at the end and i I don't know what and i ended up having great inspiration i was like oh my god i know what i'm gonna do and though those little moments always come to you even if you do have it all mapped out right. you still you still have little surprises and things that make it real fun and and it's like you say it's it, it, that's what's the point to doing it if you're not having fun with it don't you think that the serial killer subplot was to some degree i always think you talk about the inspiration i trust inspired ideas that when they come like an idea that comes to me mm-hmm. you describe like oh yeah yeah i totally trust that I am not so trusting of the, my ideas, so to speak, like my machinations, the sort of intellectual oh, yes. solution to the problem. Yeah. And it's like if, at that when you described it, I thought, I bet he stuck that in there thinking his brain thinking he needs it. <sighs> then you pulled it out and you left room for the thing that really wanted. Right. 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 Does God, that make that, sense? Yes. You, you, you know your business, mister. This is why you are writing books this is, about writing. That's you know, right. It's like, it's cause this, that is exactly how it works. And that's, that's the fun of it. That's, you know, yeah. you find yourself, um, you, you, you almost put it in a nice way, but I found myself uh, throwing the serial killer idea in there, I think originally because I felt like 
it needed more of what people would expect of me because right. all my other books have right. all the right. serial killer stuff. And I was like, I, I thought, you know, I, I need something like this to really soup it up. I need more murders. I need somebody who's right. really twisted instead right. of, and I, and it dawned on me toward the end of writing the actual book. I was like, you never needed it. It was just, yeah. it, the book worked See, without it. it, yeah, it we, we write, can't create from fear. You can't, oh, I mean, you can write so scary cool. books, yeah, but you can't be afraid that the reader won't be entertained. I mean, right. you have to trust that you can, you know, I just, it's interesting because I just in, interviewed Lemony Snicket for last week's and I loved his book. It's called uh, Poison for Breakfast. It's a Lemony Snicket book for adults, but really it's about a guy who walks around thinking about stuff. It's sort of like a little tiny Ulysses, you know, oh, about, cool. but, but the challenge for him was like making it interesting and trusting that just walking the Lemony Snicket character, walking around and thinking about stuff would be entertaining oh, wow. and it was but he didn't you know he didn't have anything to work with in terms of like the, he usually has people dying and getting shot and all this kind of stuff <laughs> this other yeah but it's really our challenge all the time to trust that what i guess what i'm leading to is that you trusting what you found interesting is interesting it's just your job yes. to let it to trust in what came to you about this woman who had disappeared and didn't know what happened to her like like that is interesting in and of itself. I don't have to heap more onto it to make right, it. Right, right. And, you know, it, it's, we always walk a fine line as authors of uh, having to trust your own instincts, but don't get too swelled ahead about it. You, you yes. know, it's like yes. where, where the reader doesn't really owe you anything. They, nope. you, owe, you owe them twenty nine ninety five or whatever they're playing, right. paying for a hardcover book. And so you do have to make sure it's entertaining, but you also have to have enough confidence to know that, you know, that your idea of what's going to entertain them is, is on the money and not, uh, not the opposite, not like, oh, I'm so great. They're going to, of course, they'll read five pages of description that I want to put on here because of, you right. know, I, I, right. and you're like, no, 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 re not really. <laughs> you know, and I think, I think a lot of successful authors do find that their stuff needs to be edited a lot more because they, you know, they get a little lazy. They get, exactly. a, they, yeah, or they get a little too highfalutin. Like yeah. they think they can, what, well, I'm so-and-so. I can write this because you might be right. I was reading a book by, um, oh, who's this? I've interviewed him once. He's, oh, I can't remember his name, but he, you know, Corbin? No. Uh, Harlan. Harlan, Harlan Coben. Yeah. So I was reading this is his book, and before I interviewed him, you know, he sells like a million copies. Yes. Oh God. Right? Yes. And there was one scene. I thought this is an example of this because okay. this guy's going to sell a lot of books. His editors don't care. Yeah. Where the, <laughs> the the protagonist started complaining for a good paragraph about the cost of razor blades, and I thought this is Harlan Coben. Giving, he's like, I'm going to use this right now because I'm sick of it. And I've got a, he has a big just, beard. He's oh, a very sick I thought, what are you doing, Harlan? Jesus. All right, fine. You can do it. But he went on about oh. it. Like, like, and it was legitimately just a rant about <laughs> nothing to do with the plot. Well, you know, I, I can kind of relate because I think it was in The Betrayed Wife or something. I, I kind of ranted about the way people behave on buses and stuff. And I right. know I had just gotten off a bus and was so pissed off. And I, and I, I think I did it just to kind of 
almost motivate myself, you know, you kind of, uh, you know, and uh, working with somebody as successful as Garth on his first drafts, I, I see he does that occasionally. I'll be like, Hey, Garth, he? what, what happened? You know, I was like, <laughs> you know, what package of razor blades did you play? You know, why are you, why are you ranting like this? This has nothing to do with the, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I just, and, and he at least is smart enough to know that yeah. that's got to go by right. the, by the second draft. You Garth's, know? A pretty, but, Garth's a pretty, he's got his head on straight yes yes i would say so you know i usually at the end of okay so first of all people want to buy your book kevin yes i I mean we're all fine books are sold but do you you have a preference to where they go should they go to your website what do you want them to do oh you can go to my third place online or you could definitely support your local independent bookstore for sure we want to keep those open we do we love them we love them they support authors they do in a way they in a unique more than some other gigantic retailers <laughs> <laughs> we will not mention. We don't want we don't want to we don't want to offend the, the, we don't want to offend the giants, but no. uh, sometimes it, yeah, they, the giants do do little things to us authors that you that are just drive us crazy. You know, it's like, bit. well, wait a second, what the hell do they do this to me for? They do make they do make selling books easy, but yeah. all right, so at many places. Okay, so usually I ask, you know, what's writing taught you? I think I've asked you that four times, so I'm going to mix it up here. All right. Oh yeah. Okay. Which is to, because this is an evolutionary experience, meaning, you know, you keep growing. If you're not growing, you just might as well just crawl into a coffin. So what, what, what are you, what has got your attention right now about, right? What are you thinking about right now about it? Like what is currently on your mind about writing and creativity currently? What is Kevin interested in right now? Well, that's a great question. I think being as old as I am, you know, having been in this business, so for, old. I'm so old. <laughs> well, I'm feeling old. I'm 66. I'm retirement uh, age. I'm, I'm about to go, you know, to check out my, well, I've already got, I'm, I'm on Medicare already, but you know, I, I think it's the idea that it's never the same. It's got to keep changing. You have to keep, right. you have to kind of just keep keep challenging yourself because if you don't, it does get stale and does get old. Kind of like what we were talking about. You end up repeating yourself and you end up doing things out of security and fear. And um, you have to kind of expand your horizons and stretch out your comfort zone, which is, I sound like such a hypocrite saying that because I'm like the king of comfort zone. (laughs) I've got to be, I'm very habitual. And I realize as I get older, it's like, you know, you do not want to get too stale. And that's, I think that's one reason I, um, I'm sort of switching it up uh, with a, a new, new type of thriller next time. And I'm giving myself a little time off too. I'm giving some, myself uh, about uh, an extra year before the next book comes oh, out. Good for you. Yeah. Good so, for you. You've earned so, it. So yeah. So you can shake it up as a writer and you can, yeah. that's the, one of the great things. If you're working for, you know, a textile firm, you can't just go in and say, Hey, you know what? I'd really like to do something different yeah. this time. No. It's like, yeah, your boss is going to say, okay, bye-bye. Yeah. That's something different. Yeah. So, <laughs> something different. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, the great thing about being a writer is you end up um, almost having like a new career with every book, you know, it's like, you know, it's I like it. Yeah, a new career with every book. Yeah, yeah you just, good answer. Yeah, yeah. good answer. Uh, we knew Kevin, I'd, I'd find one eventually. <laughs> this is good. Until that time comes, this is not a bad thing to do. Kevin, as always, you are so much fun to talk to. Oh, Bill, the name of the book is "The Night She I, Disappeared." The night she, I had the tip my the night she disappeared. Go out and get it, people. You'll be scared all night. 
<laughs> and entertained. <laughs> and entertained. And delighted. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. New career with every book. I like that. Don't you? Isn't that good? It's kind of true. You don't know. Everyone's different. Each one's different, as it should be. Got to keep growing. Got to keep moving. That's life, baby. That's what you're here for. Uh, I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries, as always. You catch all my little mistakes. You're very helpful, my friend. Very helpful, indeed. And, uh, you know, to all of you out there, uh, go find something you just love to do. And then do it. 